The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Welcome back to BQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk a little college football is Brad Powers of the Bet the Board podcast and Covers.com. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Let's talk about the Heisman. Currently, Michael Penix Jr. is the favorite at minus 145 for BetMGM. In second position is a tie between J.J. McCarthy and Dylan Gabriel. Any bets there you like, or do you want to go further down the board? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that Penix deserves to be a minus favorite. Uh, I think that's a little pricey. So definitely not at the top of the board. He deserves to be the favorite. I just, I'm not sure that he deserves to be that big of a favorite at this point. Uh, no, I think they're appropriately priced, at least the top three. Those would be my top three at this point. Uh, you know, that JJ McCarthy's intriguing, but uh, won't put up the stats, but it'll have the big high profile games uh, down the stretch against Penn State and Ohio State. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel will have the stats, but I'm not sure he's going to have the high-profile games if you look at Oklahoma's schedule. I think Michael Penix, when you look at he's going to put up stats, he's going to have some still big games left on the board here, uh, including, you know, the, a game against USC that where him and Caleb Williams will go back and forth. Uh, I, I think he deserves to be the favorite, but I'm not running the lay minus 140, I can tell you that. No. No, 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 no. Uh, we, you know, just to quickly follow up on the Heisman, we were just talking, having that Ohio State conversation and how if you're going to bet on an Ohio State player, you better do it now if you think they're going to win uh, this weekend. And, and we'll get to that. But, you know, we were talking about McCord and if he truly has a chance at a number of 50 to 1 
but also anybody with the brain understands the best offensive player on that team is not playing quarterback. He's playing wide receiver, and in the rain over the weekend, he's still putting up big numbers. Name's Marvin Harrison Jr., probably going to be the first non-QB drafted. He's 80-1. to 1. Um, If Ohio State's going to make the playoff, let's let's throw that out there for the purpose of this conversation. If they're going to make the playoff and someone's going to be in contention, you think it's more likely to be McCord or Harrison? I would say more likely Harrison. I mean, you see what the anytime they give him the football and give him some extra touches on the offense, you see what it does for the offense. So he would clearly be the guy, even though it's a quarterback award. I just think he's such a dominant player at his position that he would be the most likely candidate. But I'm here to tell you, I know for the, the, the contents of this conversation, the Ohio State's going to make playoffs. I'm here to tell you they're not making the playoffs because they're not going up to Ann Arbor, Michigan and beating the Wolverines. I can tell you that. Love it. Well, speaking of Ohio State, hosting Penn State in a big battle this weekend between two unbeaten Big Ten programs. This spread at four and a half, total 46 and a half. Anything interest you here, Brad? I'm more on the under. I was a little surprised it ticked up a little bit this morning at 47 and a half. I'm still, I like the under in this one. Obviously, we have two defenses here, number one and number two in yards for play allowed. We have two offenses that have struggled, especially Penn State pushing the ball down the field. And then I look at their high-profile games that these two teams have had so far this year. I mean, obviously, Ohio State against Notre Dame, uh, total score on that one, 31 points. I know Penn State really hasn't played anybody. Best team they played is Iowa, and Iowa's offense is you know pathetic, but still a total score in that game of 31 total points. So, I mean, to me, this just screens 20-17-ish, to 17-ish, so I'm going to go under 47.5 in this game. What sounds better than some Tuesday night college football? We've got Middle Tennessee State against Liberty, Southern Michigan, South Alabama, Western Kentucky against Jacksonville State. Anything stand out with any of these games? Nothing that's best bet material. If I had to make one bet tonight, uh, it'd probably be Jacksonville State. You can find as high as eight at home. Uh, I'm not buying Western Kentucky. In fact, I mean, I like to compare spreads and see if you're paying premiums. Liberty, in my opinion, a better team than Western Kentucky, was laying a lesser number against Jacksonville State one week ago today. So did did I downgrade Jacksonville State significantly in my power ranks for losing to Liberty? I don't know. That was a pretty tight game until Liberty had a big, long drive in the second half to kind of put that game away. So, um, no, I comparing point spreads this time of year because, I mean, that's all you can do with data points. Uh, Some slight value tonight uh, on uh, the fighting rich rods here, plus eight. There you go. Uh, back to Saturday. Let's talk about this USC-Utah matchup. I don't know that anybody saw the Irish just completely dismantling Caleb Williams and the Trojans on Saturday night. So now they're going back home. You, you would think it's going to be a bounce-back spot for them. They are a seven-point favorite at a lot of spots. Some spots have it six and a half. Uh, the Trojans favored by seven against the Utes, total of 56. Yeah, I mean – yeah, no, I, I'm not sure that you could paint a picture. Obviously, Notre Dame was favored for a reason. Uh, but I think that the pathway to Notre Dame was having success against USC's defense. It wasn't necessarily shutting down Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams throwing three picks, having by far the worst game of his career. Uh, that, that I don't think anyone really saw in that. Uh, you mentioned the price. Yeah, it, it's, it's, the, it's definitely priced into this line that USC is due for a bounce-back performance with them favored now by seven. Line opened as low as four. Guys like myself are part of the USC money train early in the week here because we, we do have confidence that Caleb Williams 
will bounce back. Now, the rest of the team uh, leaves a little bit to be desired, although I did see some things defensively that they did have some success against Notre Dame. Zachariah Branch getting him back in the fold. He had the big punt return late in the second half. But I also thought that was, look, Notre Dame deserved to win. Notre Dame deserved to cover. Funny data point, though. Whenever you got a team that's plus five in turnovers, has a kick return touchdown, I'm not sure that USC was four touchdowns worse than Notre Dame in that game. So that's given a little bit of value there. And then Utah, Utah is going to beat up USC at a little bit at the line of scrimmage. But, man, I, I, I don't think Utah has a quarterback or an offense that can fully take advantage and expose USC's defense. So, for me, SC's the play. You mentioned best bet material. What do you like that's still available? I'm looking forward to your best bets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like quite a bit, uh, as usual. It's tough for always me to, to narrow it down, but I, I'll give you a few that I'm looking at. I'm not, I don't think Riley Leonard's going to play for Duke. So I think that that line there of four state favored by 14 is a little short if Riley Leonard's not playing for the Blue, uh, Blue Duke, but, uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Easy for me to say. Florida State minus 14 there. I'll give you another one. I think the market probably overreact to Tyler Van Dyke. You know, oh, is he injured? He's not going to play. Uh, yesterday, that the news about him, he had like a, a sling uh, on one of his legs and he was limping a little bit. I'm not sure that the market should have blew through three there so easily. You can find as high as four. I think Miami will play with their backs against the wall at home as a home underdog against a Clemson team. I'm just not buying Miami plus three and a half plus four in that one. Another high-profile game I want to ask you about. Tennessee and Alabama tides at home, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 49. We all remember that instant classic uh, between these two uh last year but I do wonder has Tennessee taken several steps back offensively you know that A&M game was a little odd uh and has Alabama taken several steps forward with Jalen Milrow at quarterback uh you know it kind of depends on the quarter uh well with Jalen Milrow one and you know on one hand he looks <laughs> good I mean first half last week looked good and then second half happened um and they almost blew a big lead against Arkansas just not is not there from a consistency aspect you can certainly say that for Joe Milton. I mean, that offense did not look good whatsoever. Uh, but last week, I'm not sure it's going to look good this week. I'm not sure that there's a great value pick as far as the side goes at eight and a half. I like the under. I, I am a believer in Tennessee's defense this year. That is much improved compared to what it was last year. And obviously, they've had to lean on the defense more this year. Alabama's defense has started. I mean, it go, you can go all the way back to the uh, Ole Miss and South Florida games to see them really kick it up a notch there uh so for me under 49 you can find as high as 49 and a half in the market uh brad when we look at the title odds we were trending this way but now we're here at some spots georgia is now a co-favorite uh with michigan and you made the statement earlier in our conversation that look ohio state that last game of the year they don't have a, sh- a chance they don't have a chance against michigan uh why are you so confident in uh this version of the Wolverines since uh, they, they haven't been challenged yet. Well, it's a good point as far as the schedule. I mean, they played a, a relatively light schedule, but you, I mean, once the schedule's made, you can't control who you play. You can only control how you play. And Michigan, the last three weeks has looked apart and then some uh, struggled to get margin a little bit early in the season, but I mean, we're still beating teams 35 to seven. So, I mean, I know it wasn't margin to cover uh, huge point spreads, but now they're covering point spreads against Big Ten competition. And to me, the light bulb for me, because I watch a lot of film, I watch 30 games a week, or at least try to watch the game-by-game replays, 
uh, I don't. There's just something that clicked in me watching that Nebraska game because to me it looked very similar to what the Georges and the Alabamas have looked like the last 10, 15 years in college football. Just absolutely everybody in the building knew that Michigan was going to run the football, and they still smashed Nebraska's defensive front. A pretty good, good Nebraska defensive front. And then what's Michigan done the last two weeks? Very similar. Uh, we'll see when they play a, a better opponent. We're not going to see it for a few weeks down the road until they travel to, to Penn State. But I, there's just not a lot of weaknesses. I mean, sure, you could say I'd like to see more of an elite wide receiver. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit better second cornerback for them. But, I mean, that's really nitpicking. They're a complete team. They're experienced. I think what makes this year's team a little bit different is is some of the experience got J.J. McCarthy his third year uh, in the program. I think you have a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder with Harbaugh, and I think most importantly the defensive front for Michigan. And I actually watched their spring game, and it, it popped immediately. Then looks like an Alabama or a Georgia or a Clemson when they won mm-hmm. their couple titles. That's the, what it looks like as far as a defensive front, and that's kind of the main separator in college football the last 15 years. Guys, you know, on that defensive front, not everybody can recruit like that. Not everybody can have multiple 300-pounders in the middle. And Michigan has not only the big guys in the middle, but also elite pass rushers. That's what makes the Wolverines number one in my power ranks. I, I've, only had, I've been doing this a decade. I've only had five programs number one in my power ranks until Michigan. Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, down a missing one. Oh, Georgia, the repeat champ. Those five teams, Michigan becomes the sixth. Uh, and, and by some margin now, I'd favor them by a couple points over Georgia at this point. Mm. Air Force, Navy, it's a low total, 37 and a half. Do we still bet the under? Well, I mean, it's been one of the most profitable systems in, in college football the last 15 years is betting these service academy games under. I mean, we're talking close to like 80% win percentage. I would always say, bet it early in the week as possible because everybody just starts piling on. I will say this year, though, I am not taking part of it uh, because all the service academies are throwing more because of the new rules as far as the cut blocking and whatnot. Air Force, a lot of their games have gone over. They had a low total last week. The market bet that Wyoming game under and flew over the total. So I could could see why anybody wants to just bet the under in these games because of past history. I'm a little cautious just because what I what I've seen from the service academies this year. He's Brad Powers. Make sure to check out his site, BradPowerSports.com, here on BetQL Daily. Pac-12 championship market. Currently, the Huskies, as you would expect, is the favorite at plus 140. Oregon in second position at plus 250. Then you have USC at plus 350. Any of those three stand out to you, or do you want to look further down the board with, say, an Oregon State or maybe even a Utah? Oh, wow. Yeah, Oregon State would be the team I, I would kind of look down down the road a little bit. They're on a bye this week. Um, they're at Arizona, which is a, a team, obviously, that, that's looked apart the last three weeks. At Colorado, Stanford, you get Washington at home. It could come down to that Civil War game uh, against Oregon. Um, the, the, the team that I think can win it would be the team that just lost, believe it or not. Oregon, to me, uh, impressed me, even though they ended up losing by three against Washington. Uh, they get USC at home. They get Oregon State at home. I don't think Utah has enough firepower offensively to beat them in a couple weeks here. So uh, Oregon for me, I actually think the Ducks turn around, win outright, uh, win down the stretch, beat Washington in a rematch. So they would be my pick to win the Pac-12 at this point. Good stuff. Good stuff. Brad Powers, make sure to follow him on X at Brad Power 7 Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care.
Eighth Brad. Absolutely. So a lot of uh, certain markets, I mean, certainly the the high-profile picks make a whole lot of sense to me, Joe. But uh, what's something else that stands out as far as some of the futures that we talked about here? Man, he's big on Michigan. He's big on Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's So them being now a co-favorite, no surprise to him. Uh, we saw this day coming. And I, I think that's the fascinating thing now. In the last year of this four-team playoff, Is it going to be Georgia and Michigan? Right now, the odds are saying they're both going to be in the playoff. And then figuring everything else out. We we said yesterday that there should be a Pac-12 team involved. Is there going to be a team that has the resume, that has that resume where they need to get in? Whether whether it's Oregon, Washington, whatever, uh, which one is it? it? I think we're going to have a Big 12 team in. I think, right? I mean, Oklahoma was number Depends one on, on, Kelly, on Kelly Ford's ratings. He had Oklahoma number one, which surprised me. If, if it isn't Oklahoma or Texas, I don't think the Big 12 is represented. And the Pac-12 is kind of in the similar boat, right? Like, if USC wins the Pac-12, I'm not positive they get in. Oregon State, Utah, I think they're kind of in similar situations where they probably – they probably won't get in if they win the conference. And so it depends on who they are. It's not just a blanket uh, ticket for a conference. So that's what makes this thing interesting. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, former Major League Baseball catcher A.J. Pierzynski joins us to talk about the baseball postseason. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to AJ Pierzynski in just a bit. But first, Joe, when we talk about the ALCS, the Rangers lead it two games to nothing. We get to game three, which is tomorrow. Christian Javier on the bump for the Astros against Max Scherzer. I get that there is a lot of excitement surrounding Scherzer, but he's just such an unknown. It's hard to side with him because, I mean, we've seen bad Scherzer. We've seen good Scherzer as well. Is that risky? That that was my first reaction when I saw that he slated to go game three. You're, you're up 2-0. Why not wait a little bit longer? But then, you know, maybe the series turns because that's all it takes in this. We know this. So it, that, it's going to be fascinating to watch when he makes his return. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And what, what the Astros can do, we know the hitters are fantastic, no doubt about it, you know, sort of top to bottom. At some point, they have to show themselves, right? Like even, you know, that nice little comeback they had in game two, it, it, it's got to be there, right? Like they've just been doing this too long for them to potentially get swept, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. It's 
What about you? I, I think this price is interesting. You asked me earlier, Texas minus 500, Houston plus 375. Yes, Houston, of course, they're not dead with, with everything that they've accomplished right. in the postseason. They, yeah, they could absolutely win four of five moving forward. But I also look at it and say, is plus 375 good enough for me? No, it's not. That's why I, I would. Right. I, I'm kind of on the fence of that as far as that goes. And that's part of it is that like, I want a better number to feel comfortable. And I know a lot of that may just be the Astros record uh, in the postseason over the last umpteen seasons that may have something mm-hmm. to do with this. And like, you still have Jose Otuve and Alex Bregman and guys like that. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the number is a little bit shorter than it should be, but definitely that's something that we will get to in just a bit. But first Joining us now, former Major League Baseball catcher A.J. Pierzynski, uh sharing his Major League Baseball postseason insights. A.J., thank you so much for joining us. And in a way, I should wish you a, a happy anniversary of sorts because yesterday, <laughs> back in 2005, your White Sox uh, won the American League pennant, advanced to the first World Series for the ball club since 1959. And that pitching staff, unbelievable, four straight complete games. As someone who was uh, part of that battery for these games, I'm curious, what about that run for the White Sox was so special? And is there something you're seeing in the remaining ball clubs in the postseason that mirrors how special things were for you and that run? Well, thanks for having me, first of all. And then second of all, my favorite thing about those ball clubs was we threw four complete games, and that'll never happen again. So we won games two through (laughs) five. With four complete games. You'll never see it again. Guys can barely get through the sixth inning now. So, yeah, mm-hmm. for, that was the thing that was special. And the thing, you know what, to be honest, the team that reminds me most of us was Philly. The way Philly acts, the way Philly plays, the, the swag they have. Listen, when Philly takes the field, they're like, we're going to kick your ass. And uh, for Bryce Harper to Nick Castellanos to Kyle Schwarber to whoever it is, they are they have that. They just have something. And um, it's fun to watch this. And all these teams are great. Arizona is better than I think people expected. The Rangers are playing unbelievable right now. But, man, the Philly – right now, the Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, they just have something. If you were managing a team now, and I know people always ask you about the White Sox, but if, if you were managing a team now, would you go back to, to those days? Would you look at it and say, yeah, I know what the numbers say about third time through the order, boss, but uh, this is the way I'm going to handle on it. Our, 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 our horse has got us here. Uh, I want to I want to see it a little bit more. Like the Blue Jays were just they got crushed after <laughs> how they handled their playoffs, and I certainly understand why with uh, Brios. But what would you do in that spot? I, I wouldn't have taken Brios out after forty-seven pitches. I promise you that. No. I don't care what the script says. Uh, <laughs> listen, we talk about it. You know, tune into foul territory. I've talked about it repeatedly. The team that has the best starting pitching wins almost every series. It's crazy. Uh, you just go through whatever whatever series you want to look at, and people are like, oh, what about the Dodgers when they won in 2020? I went back and looked at it. Their starting pitching was better than the Rays. I, I mean, in all, every game they won, their starting pitching. Other, listen, in game six when they took Blake Snell out and they shouldn't have, but they were only down one nothing. They used an opener that game. But the other games, Kershaw was great. Um, you know, Arias was great. Uh, Bueller was great. So it, if you want to win, you still have to have good starting pitching because you can't use your bullpen up. And what happens is your bullpen gets tired. And I don't care what how good of shape they're in or what you do. That's why Dusty Baker's had so much success. That's why the Phillies, honestly, have had so much success because Wheeler and Nola go deep into games. The Diamondbacks mm-hmm. need Kelly and, 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 and uh, Gallon to go deep in games. 
it's just the only way to get it done. And as much as I love bullpens and great bullpens help you win, if you don't have those starters that go deep in games, look at the Astros against the Twins, right? Verlander did well, they won. The second game, Pablo Lopez did well in the Twins won. Then Javier goes out and shoves, right? And then game four, Urquidy goes out and shoves. That's how you win. I, I, I know that the numbers say something different, but man, if you have a better starting pitching than the other team and they pitch well, guess what? You're probably going to win. Well, how impressed were you with Eovaldi last night? They left him in and he got out of a bases loaded jam. That was pretty cool. How do you rate Eovaldi this postseason? Oh, Nate, big game, Nate. I mean, this dude's been unbelievable. Like, since <laughs> when he went in 2018 when the Red Sox won, right? And, and he went, he mm-hmm. threw like 100 pitches and extra innings and saved them against the Dodgers. I mean, he was unbelievable then, and he's been great for, for every team he's pitched in the postseason for. This game, this guy gets it. He goes deep into games for you. I mean, that base is loaded, no out jam. That, that won the game for him last night, obviously. But uh, you go through uh, Diaz, who's a pinch hitter, who's known for his bat. You go through Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, and you don't give up a run. I mean, the game was over right then. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. 
you know, going back to this idea of having great starting pitching, I wonder if one of the ways that that can be illustrated is this idea of having different approaches second time through the order, third time through the order. And I'm curious, you know, from your vantage point, because, you know, you did it a long time and you got to work with a lot of different pitchers. How do you adjust your game plan in game when you're seeing a really, really good hitter and you're going to have a lot of really good hitters in the postseason second time, third time through the order? Part of it, I'm sure, is the pitcher having different stuff but also adjusting strategies. Like how does that process come about? Um, well, it used to be different because when you talk to pitchers now, they're going first inning, they're throwing everything they have. We used to try to go through the lineup one time and only throw fastballs if we had to and be like, okay, if I can spot my fastball for three innings and get through the lineup one time, they haven't seen my slider. They haven't seen my curveball, They haven't seen my changeup. So second time through, we can mix it up a little bit differently. Nowadays though, and especially like you talk to like the Rays guys, they're like, oh, we're going max effort, every pitch from the first hitter on, and we're going to just try to get strike everybody out from the first hitter on, and then when I'm tired, they'll yank me out. But, you know, back then it was, let's see how deep I can get into the game as a starter. I'll save stuff. You even saw it from, like, Justin Verlander when he first came up. He was 92, 93. Sixth inning, all of a sudden he ramped it up to 97, 98 because he had it in the tank still. Right? Nowadays, first pitch is as hard as every guy can throw it. That That's the difference. It's a mindset. And that's the way they're developed. It's, it's just a development issue. It's the way teams do it. And so what teams believe in, but you go talk to Dusty Baker, you talk to Bruce Bochy, they want their starters mm-hmm. to ride as long as they can. And that's why Dusty Baker has been so successful because he's got great starting pitching and he saves his bullpen and he saves the bullets as much as he can for later in the game and long series. And the example you just brought up, AJ, what are they dealing with? Yeah, they have great young pitching. Injury after injury after injury. So, yeah, it feels like they got to go back and figure out. Maybe we aren't doing things uh, the, the right way 100% of the well, time. Well, yeah, but here's, um, here's, the, yeah. but here's the thing about that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing about that, though. They just find someone else. They're like, okay, next. I know. Right? Mm-hmm. It sucks. They're that good. I mean, it's not. But Yeah, but they just like, okay, oh, he blew out. Okay, look at him this year. They lost McClanahan. They lost uh, – was it Kittredge? They lost, I mean, all these guys, right? They, they were all gone. And yeah. guess what? They're like, okay, we'll find someone else to fill in. And they still almost won a hundred games. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're right. And I, they keep finding guys. So yeah, it just, once you get to the playoff, uh, didn't work out for them. Uh, playoff experience. I want to talk about that because I've heard that a lot with Merrill Kelly going today, like just making his second uh, playoffs uh, start. And then we do have some teams here like Philly. We've been talking about on the other side, a ton of playoff experience. How much do you think that matters? Uh, I mean, they're in the third round of playoffs now. I don't think it matters. It's gone now. I mean, Kelly's already mm-hmm. pitched in the playoffs, right? Nola's pitched forever in the playoffs. I mean, the whole Phillies team has a bazillion playoff games. The Rangers at this point have, what, 7-0, and won six games on the road? I mean, that's about, what other experience do you want? Uh, that's about as good as it gets. And, you know, Houston obviously has a bazillion games played. So I, I think the thing about experience is when you lose, you're like, oh, we didn't have any experience. If you win, they're like, we didn't need experience. We we're just good. It's the same with the layoffs, right? Oh, no, they had too much time off. Well, if you win, nobody cares, right? But the team that loses is always like, oh, we had a week off. We had five days off. We got our timing messed up. Well, like I said, on foul territory, you know, the, the Rangers had five off. The Astros had four days off before their series. The Rangers won game one. You didn't hear anything about a layoff, right? They just, they just whoever won, won. Same with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, right? They had a bunch of days off, but Phillies won. Nobody complained about the time off. I mean, that's more of a media-driven thing, like, oh, they had too much time off. Just go win. Which Phillies player is hitting a home run today? 
Ah, somebody's it's hard for me. Bet. It's hard for me to bet. <laughs> it's hard for me to bet against Bryce. Listen, Bryce is Bryce is so hard to bet against in these situations, especially with the right-handed pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I want to say Castellanos, but when you hit five and eight at bats, it's hard to say like he's going to stay on that pace because that's impossible. Um, you know, Schwarber's getting hot. I, I, if I had to bet, I'd say Schwarber or Bryce would be my two. As far as uh, how long these series will go until we get to this World Series, like how many games uh, do the Phillies need to dispatch the Diamondbacks? And can the Astros make it a series, or do you feel like the Rangers will make quick work of Houston? Well, someone that works for Fox, we need a long ALCS, so I'm rooting for Houston to win yes. some games. Uh, <laughs> plus, I just want good, plus, I just want good series. Uh, Houston plays better on the road. They've been better on the road the entire year. So I, I think they're going to – listen, they couldn't ask for a better guy to go on the road. I'm sure there's pitch Texas, but uh, Christian Javier has been a stud for them in huge road starts the last two years. So I think he'll pitch great. Um, I, I think I think this game – this goes back to Houston for sure. I think Houston probably wins two out of three in Texas, and they go back to Houston and see what happens. Uh, as far as Philly, uh, Arizona's got to win tonight because they have two bullpen games coming up before they get back to Zach Gallen. If, if they don't win tonight, that, that series could be over fairly quickly. Man, and – and if that's the case, I mean, Philly's going to be in a great spot no matter the opponent, right? Just, they, they'll have time to line up their pitching. No, too much sounds, rest. I know too much you... rest. <laughs> yeah, right. Too much yeah, rest. they won't be able to handle rested. it. You, you yeah, that, that lineup the, the way media, they're going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, th- that'd be a tough spot, uh, tough spot for them. But it sounds like you do think Texas-Houston could, even though they're in that 0-2 hole, played well they've got the experience all that like houston can make this six or seven games right oh easily easily they can go to yeah. they can go to texas and win two out of three without a doubt um again they have javier going tonight probably your key game four both pitch great in the division series and then you get back to verlander so you're like oh okay and, and let's not forget last year in the in the world series uh phillies go down two one and everyone's like to philly in philly and they get crushed in game three right and they're like, oh, who's pitching? Mm-hmm. Christian Javier. Oh, what's he got? What'd he do last year? He went out and threw six no-hit innings and threw a no-hitter. So, I mean, and then, then the division series, they lose they lose game one. Or they, they win game one, lose game two, and everyone's like, oh, the Twins at home. What did Christian Javier go out and do? He dominated and, and dominated them and, and got another win. So these guys aren't afraid of the moments. They're not afraid of the situation. And listen, they've been through it, man. Seven straight LCSs, world, multiple World Series wins, multiple World Series losses. I mean, they are, they've been through it. They know what it's about. Kind of touched upon this already, but I want to ask you specifically about Bruce Bochy. What makes a good postseason manager? Because he seems to keep winning no matter where he is. Uh, communication is obviously the key for just being a good manager in general, making sure your players are on the same page, know what they're doing. Uh, for Boch, he listen, he, used, he was the master, and he still is, of matchups, okay? Master of manipulating bullpen, and he was the master of manipulating the other team. He would say, oh, He'll send out like the Trojan horse, right? Oh, I'm going to hit this guy. So the other team would bring in this guy knowing that he wanted the other matchup or he would have a pitcher ready and the other team would pinch it and he'd bring him in knowing he wanted that matchup. He was just the master of setting up the other team and getting the matchups he always wanted. Three batter rule has changed it a little bit, but he is just so good at setting up matchups that he wants throughout the game. AJ, I know you've been so busy with the playoffs and foul territory, everything you've got going on. Have you been able to watch as much college football as you usually do? And uh, you got anything on uh, Ohio State, Penn State? Uh, I've watched a little bit. Um, I got to go. I got to go to at least one Gator game. I went to Florida, Tennessee, which was like the best game Florida's played in like ten years. So that was awesome. 
Um, <laughs> Ohio State, Penn State, gosh, uh, listen, I, Ohio State, you know, listen, uh, Ohio State is like, uh, they somehow squeaked it out against Notre Dame. I just don't know if offensively, yes. you know, their QB's young, right? That's the thing for me. Penn State, it seems like this is kind of Penn State's chance because, you know, Ohio State's down a little bit this year. I, I know they're not, they're not, you know, they're still Ohio State. But, you know, I think I think Penn State's got a chance. And I also think the Penn State-Michigan game could be huge down the road. The under, uh, though, on that game. What is, what's, the over, what's the over-under in that game? For, for this weekend? Yeah, for Penn State-Ohio State. 47 and a half. I think that – don't you think that's kind of high? This has all the makings of like a 24-17 slugfest, Big Ten. Nobody can pass, and everyone's just trying to run three it. yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, yeah, we've been starting to get weather in the Midwest. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. AJ Pierzynski, please make sure to check him out on the Foul Territory Show on YouTube Monday through Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. AJ, thank you so much. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for the evening. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Turn around. Oh, good. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time now for our lightning bets, and I want to circle back to a conversation we had earlier pertaining to the team that will finish with the worst record. I think one way to attack this market is by thinking about what the worst record is going to be. Not necessarily which team will have it, but what the worst record is going to be, and then mixing and matching, figuring out which teams are still eligible to have the worst record. And so... Joe, let me ask you this. How many wins or how many losses, but the final record, will the worst team have, you think? Yeah, the conversation starts with Carolina, but if they get one, then it's a different conversation. It's like a big bucket of teams that we end up talking about because there are a number of teams that, that have one win. And they're on bye now, but Carolina has three winnable games out of their bye. Houston, Indy, Chicago, Potentially Tennessee is in week 12. Hmm. And then the other ones are fairly tough. You know, at least middle of the road teams. But I see four winnable games. And I say Tennessee because we put out, you know, hey, maybe there ends up being some trades here over the next couple of weeks. I want to say the fewest wins will be three this year. Three. And that's giving maybe Carolina a lot of credit. But keep in mind, there's no motivation for them to tank. They don't have their pick. So that's that. maybe it's not Carolina. It could be another team. Gosh. I'll stick with three. Carol- yeah. Carolina's the favorite right now. They've overtaken Arizona as far as that's concerned. The Cardinals do have a win over already against the Cowboys. But in terms of which teams look bad... I mean, Cardinals and Panthers, I mean, they're kind of back and forth there. At least there's perhaps more optimism for the Panthers because they have the quarterback they want. But still, though, like, I, I feel like 
the worst record what are the will patriots be two wins or three wins <laughs> what are or the, the patriots? patriots oh man uh, they have <laughs> that win, would right? be awesome that'd be so yes. awesome <laughs> oh my gosh yes. i just saw... patriots do you think robert robert Kraft would fire bill belichick no first coach fire mutual party not in season like what's <laughs> That no. would be outrageous after everything he's done to fire him in They're... season. And he refuses to go. They're plus oh, 750. Oh, my God. How do you get How do you get there? I don't think he, no. It's going to get the Andy retreatment. It's going to be like, all right, we'll send him off in the football after the season. It's just funny to think about where we've come. It is. But even if they part ways, how many people are on the phone with Belichick in a minute to hire him? He ain't going out like that. He ain't going out. Not just teams, but broadcasters might too. Oh, man. Yeah, if he wants to. I don't know if that would work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, but you take that chance. They've taken chances on a lot worse. They've taken yeah, take that yeah, when he wants to share, when he's into it, mm-hmm. then it's awesome. Oh, yeah. that, also, part, that documentary with Parcells was good. Yeah, good. when he when he's in, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I will say as a yeah. division rival, would not be like let's say I'm the Jags and the Texans bring him in, I would be okay with that. Like, well, he's not gonna replace mm-hmm. D'Amico, but like, okay, I don't know, Titans. Someone else bring him in as a head coach in my division, I would be okay with that. Because you know what? I think it's, you know, he wants, he's going to want to have his hand on personnel. We've seen how that's gone. No, you've got to remove that. He can't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. That's got to be removed. But I don't know. But, but that's the problem is that, like, he's going to want that. And, and this might be right. why th- this is his, you know, final run. Because he will probably want a lot of control and a lot of say but will a, a team actually give it to him for all the right reasons we're talking about? Like this might be an example where you should side with ownership in that dispute. Oh, that'd be, that's an interesting name that you threw out there with D'Amico because huh. are we sure the connection, Nick Casario, the Texans like, have you always hire... wanted to be the Patriots. They've wanted to be, and the you Patriots can hire South. the old Belichick. man wanted them to be the Patriots South. Yes. Right. Cal now and wants Raiders to have wanted to be the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, a lot of teams try to. Try and fail. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But he, an adult in the room we can for, agree uh, that Las he ain't Vegas. going out like that, right? Like, if it ends with New England, however it ends, he does not want to stop coaching then, right? No, but do you have a choice in the matter? Like, who's ready to uh, do a job? Somebody's yeah, I'll get a job, a- but I don't know if it'll be a good job. Very True. different. Like, the jobs I feel like are already taken for the most part. True. Like, you're him. You're this going to some- amazing. I You got to have yeah. a quarterback for me to even talk to you. I, I'm right. sure that's what he's thinking. Hey, there's you can draft one. Warm that's weather, true. the desert. Yeah, he drafted Mac Jones. Vegas, baby. So, there's that. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> 
Vegas is uh, Tom Brady you know, part of the ownership group. Oh, stop! Oh, yes. what yeah, could maybe possibly not. go wrong? Maybe Tom. Maybe Tom's like maybe some space is actually not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong there? Jeez. Uh, okay, lightning bets. Uh, so I bring this up because I mentioned, uh, you know, the Colts before could have the worst record. Certainly some value there. I also think the Titans at 42 to 1 to have the worst record. They are 2 and 4 right now. They may not have to lose out. Maybe they get a win somewhere. But if they do lose out, then they're also losing out on some tiebreakers to other teams that may also have two wins. And I'm with you, Joe. Two to three wins. That's probably what the losing record will ultimately be. I'm not expecting an 0-17 performance or a 1-16 performance by somebody. It's the NFL. The bad team is still pretty decent. So I look at that and say, okay, even if you have two wins, you're still very much in the running for this uh, dubious distinction. So how about the Titans had the worst record at 42-1? to uh, Also, college football tonight. Uh, I'm going to tail Brad Powers and take Jacksonville State plus seven and a half. They are a little scrappier than we might think. Uh, maybe a little value on the money line, but definitely at home at seven and a half. I think that's good. And I mentioned this before earlier in the show, but Brandon Marsh to record a hit may not have as many plate opportunities lower down the lineup and at home where the Phillies should win. Uh, but still though, the opportunity should be ample enough with Castellanos in front of him. I think he will get on base, Joe. All right, very good. Before I get to my baseball plays for tonight, did you guys see this uh, story about Oakland A's uh, former relief pitcher now, Trevor May? Did you see what he did? Yes. What did he do? Oh, so good. Dude. So good. He, he announces his retirement, and he goes on Twitch, okay? He goes on Twitch for this, and he snaps on the owner of the A's, okay? John Fisher. Hmm. He got all his money because his parents uh, own Gap. Okay. So this is what he says about Fisher. Sell the team, dude. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually, like, (laughs) takes pride in things they own own something. Uh, There's actually people who give a blank about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. (laughs) If you're going to be a greedy bleep, own it. There's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. Do what you're going to do, bro. Whatever. You're a billionaire. They exist. You guys have all this power. You shouldn't have any because you haven't earned any of it. But anyway, whatever. (laughs) Bars. Wow. My guy, Trevor May. I wish you were still pitching. Speaking for the people. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. MLB playoffs. Uh, we're going under, under tonight between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies with the uh, Merrill Kelly Nola matchup. We explained why in our breakdown of the game, and then the player prop going to go with let's let's do Trey Turner plus one ten over one and a half total bases has good history against Kelly, including three extra base hits. So Turner over one and a half. All right, I'm going Lions, number one seed, NFC at five to one. I just feel like they're playing like one of the best teams. And, you know, you got the Niners injured. Eagles have looked vulnerable at times. So I'm going with that, like the Lions schedule and path. And speaking of injuries, I'm going Texans to win the division, plus 320. 
Um, we talked about it in the futures, but I just like this Texans team. And I think with the injuries to the quarterbacks, to the other teams, I mean, that's just a, that division could be opening up for the Texans right now. And I like the value there. All right. I am going with the Astros plus two and a half games at even money. I think they go to Texas. Mm. I think they make this a series at that at even money just to get it to six games. Uh, I am on board with that. Got to take two out of three, right? Is that how that works? Well, I guess they could go one and two. Yeah, they got to take two out of three. Yeah, two out of three in Texas at yes, even they money. Do. Um, and mostly, I like the Turner play, so I'll be on that. I'll tell you on that, Joe. Also, this guy has gotten a couple hits. I just love saying his name. Geraldo Perdomo. Uh, we'll go over one and a half total bases he has. Small sample size. He does have a knockoff Nola. Uh, plus 105 over one and a half. Total. And he homered yesterday, right? He yeah. did. He's homered in each of their nice. last two games, I believe. Yes. <laughs> All right. Jake, cool. Jake. Great. All right, uh, I'm going just props today. Uh, first, I'm going to go Nola over 15 and a half outs recorded. I think he's just chasing that bag at home where he's been great this year. And he has good history, decent history against the Diamondbacks. So I'll tail him on the outs recorded. I'm going to take Trey Turner a different way. I'm going to take Trey Turner two plus hits, plus 190. He's hitting literally 500 this year, or this postseason rather. He's nine for 21 in his career against Merrill <laughs> Kelly like that. And the just for funsies homer is going to be a little, you know, could go Castellanos, could go back to Harper. I'm going to go to JT Real Muto. He's had a couple home runs already this postseason, has a home run in his career versus Kelly. I like the spot. We'll go Real Muto for the just for funsies today good stuff thanks for watching and listening to BetQL daily presented by betmgm for those listening next up is jim rome for those watching on twitch and youtube stay tuned for the daily tip take care everybody old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.